We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Who's for that? This is the Handshake Agency Podcast. Welcome to Season 2 of, and wait for it, William. It's the it? take with Willie and Ian. The people oh. have spoken. Ooh, you got in early, hey? I, no, I just... Well, look, have a look. Willie and Ian. Yeah, that's right. Looks How do you good, reckon you it? got on there? The, peop- the, the people, <laughs> the people need to understand the amount of whinging that went on <laughs> behind the stages, bro. It was ridiculous. Head to head with the producer going, look, I need my name on it. I need it. Up they need the people, the people need people to know Ian Burns on this show. I'm the people's champ. Yeah. No, it's good. It, it fits. You know. For the record, I don't like it. But anyway, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's actually for the record. People they need to know. Like it was like just leave. Let's leave it with Willie Mason. I'm like, no, this, this is both of us in this. So I'm glad it looks good. I, I'm not sure what the people think. Um, write in and or they write, write in. Just write a letter write in. Write a letter. <laughs> email it or something like that. I've just figured out email. Um, yeah, the take with Willie and Ian sounds good. So this year it'll be more of the same. Just tune in. But yeah. basically. Uh, Today is going to be more of a preview show. So we're going to talk more about the ladder and predictions and we're going to come up with who we think is going to win, yep. all the things that are going to win. But before we go into that, Will, let's just catch up. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, not for us, but it's been a while since people have Where heard Where was that you. last? Was it uh, last Origin, wasn't it? Origin. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. it. Devastating. We don't a couple. <laughs> we don't remember. <laughs> uh, now, the main thing that I want to talk about with you, William. Yep. The charity all-star boxing fight night. Yeah, that was a bit of fun. It was. That's probably the only serious thing I did in the in the whole preseason, I suppose. I, you know, Nick Livermore, who does a who does a great job. Um, he was the one running it with uh, Dean Lonigan, and he he asked me probably about oh, I reckon November, I reckon early early November, if I wanted to do it. And I was like, I wasn't that keen, you know. I wasn't was not keen at all. I just thought that sort of. I know the amount of work that you have to do to, to get to get into the boxing ring, and and as as I, as time went, I was sort of I was I was already in good shape anyway, all that kind of stuff. And I only made a decision about I think two days before Christmas. I was like, yeah, I'll fight, mm. let's go. And I didn't I didn't care who it was or anything like that. So it was um it was very exciting. And then just give me a goal, you know, just to train train harder, train smarter. Had a good team around me. Trent Langlands was good. Um, yeah, so that was that was really fun. It was just to get out there. I suppose I suppose when we were talking about the whole week, and they're like, oh, you know, like why why are you fighting? I was like, fuck, I don't actually really don't know why I'm fighting. And you know, like, does it tick a you know, like, does it tick a box? No, I've already fought in the ring. You know, maybe it was that in a you know, like maybe that you know, when you when you get on that field, it's a diff- it, it's a different feeling. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, maybe maybe I was sort of yearning for that. Which I wasn't either. I just, I just maybe I just wanted to get in the ring and fucking punch someone in the head. Maybe you I got didn't. Problems. I didn't really. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really want to say that. But I'm like, maybe I just want to get in there and hit some fucking dude in the head and not get in trouble. And that was probably about it. Because I don't really need all that kind of stuff. I don't miss the game. I don't go. Yeah, I, I miss that feeling of running out. I'm like that was that. Because I, I say I, I remember those things. And you can't replicate it again. You are, and I, I must just, say. and I just, I, I love that, and I remember it. But I'm not, the, I'm not that dude to chase that feeling. I don't, I don't miss the game. I love the game. I don't miss everything because I always lived in the moment. I wasn't that sort of dude never to go. Oh well, I never took Origin for granted. I never took my test for granted. I never took a grand final for granted. I never did. 
I just I embraced it and loved it. That's why I can easily transition into into um, retirement because I lived every moment. I think honestly, the amount of training that you put in, I don't reckon I've seen you that fit. You, you drop, you were lean. You, were, I mean, you're a filthy annoying athlete anyway the way you train and you just pop up straight away but i reckon you're as fit as i've seen you in a long time and you know i have seen you for a long time yeah. training and this was you know this was different the it, way it was training. yeah it was i mean trent langlands did a, it did a great job but i think but i think people get it twisted because they go geez you look lean i'm like yeah you lose so much muscle mass yeah when, when we're playing you don't realize how jacked you are like because all you do is just like weights weights squats sprints everything you're just built for the game you lose so much muscle mass, and even though like my weight was about one sixteen, that's I was one sixteen when I was playing. Yeah, but it was it was it was full on muscle. Yeah, you know, like now it's just you, you, you're I was a little bit leaner, and you know I put that work in as well. So it was great for a lot of the guys up there were they did it for the right reasons. One thing that annoyed me, and I'm you know I, I, I probably should have talked to you about this beforehand, but we've seen it with Paul Gallen and the interview with Lucas Brown, and you know saying he had bitch tits and, and, and the carry-on that goes on around boxing. Now, what you did was a was a charity fight mm. and yet you had a couple of blokes come out and they, they kind of made it personal. Like, you, I know you didn't find it as personal, but yeah. it annoyed me. As, as one of your oldest and long, yeah. one of your old, best mates, I did find it offensive that these blokes were coming out. Like, I just wanted to punch his head off. Yeah, I understand that. And everyone was and everyone was sort of like that. But I think the media just play on that sort of shit. I know what the media is like. They really can't have a crack at me for anything. They bring up old shit. I don't really give a shit what they say. They know they can't really get to me. You know, I've been through the ringer a million times and now it's all of, all of a sudden the teeth thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just fucking petty. And I give it no energy. No, I mean, like, Sa- well. like Sammy and like Hodjo said some shit. I don't give a fuck what they say. I never have. I never will. Yeah. And I really don't give a fuck about what the media say. Yeah. You know what I mean? We do a press conference and some dickhead just goes, oh, so uh, they, of all the questions to ask, they go, oh, so what, are, we're being, so what about your teeth? I'm like, really? Fuck with? Like, of all the questions you can ask, we're trying to build up a fight, you ask about that shit. And I felt sorry for him because I just brushed it and just didn't really care. But I don't know. That's the sort of energy that, that happens. And it's pathetic. And it's just a, it's just journalism. It's just what it is. It's just, it's fucked up. So it was a journo who said it to you. I remember a there was one said, press They just conference. kept going. I, I was just, I, I was just, I just kept laughing at it because I just didn't not, I just did not care. I just, I don't really care. Being the human headline, I knew it would end up somewhere. But I can always tell with you when you're pissed off because you do this little thing with your neck. You just yeah, I just want to fucking it. hit something. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's news. That's a Willie Mason. What about news. you? What do, what do you do, mate? I'm boring. I do nothing. I've just been hanging there waiting to come back on the show and talk to you and <laughs> drink beers. Although I'm not drinking beers, I'm actually I'm doing a liver detox. What are you doing? You're doing it with oh, E-Lab. Shout with out to E-Lab, E-Lab Trent yeah. Langlands, Mark Mitchell. They're well, crazy. shout out to them for making me do this because it's just Because I just – I went to so your house. I got an Uber to your house, obviously, because I'm sensible. Because yeah. I have some beer. I had some, I'm having some beers tonight. Yeah. I go into your house and there's nothing but Brussels sprouts, broccoli and celery. Awful. I couldn't believe it. What, what's happening? I genuinely don't understand. And here you are getting hand-delivered yes. beers by the arsehole mm. producer, and I'm sitting here drinking celery juice, honestly. So that's what I've been doing. Why I've are been, you doing it? Because my wife said I had to. She anyway, let's move on. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> what's she trying to say? Anna, come on. What's everyone trying to say? My liver's fine. They reckon toxins come out of it. I haven't seen any yet. Mine are too deep-seated. All right, so this off-season has been an interesting one, I yeah. think. Um one thing has dominated the press, 
and that's Cam Smith and whether he's going to play or not. I reckon this is the greatest troll of all time. The bloke has not said one word, and everyone's losing their mind. Oh, he should be doing this, he should be... He hasn't said one thing. Everyone's talking about it. The bloke has not opened his mouth. <laughs> How bad is it? I mean, is it? are we that short for like... For a headline, is the media that are they chasing something that bad? There's not enough drama, you know that that caused them. You know, I remember a couple of years ago they, they would have been having a field day of all the shit that was happening. But now these, you know, the NRL players of young kids have sort of pulled their head in, head in a bit, and now they're just like sort of trying to get Cameron Smith to either retire or not retire. Who cares? I think he's warranted to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, you know, like obviously he's not going to play for the Melbourne Storm. You got Harry Grant. You got Brandon Smith down there. He's moved up to Queensland. He hasn't, he hasn't put a boot on all off-season. No one's seen him. And we just keep chasing him around. He was in, he was, I think he was in the crowd on the weekend and they took a photo and spotted Cameron Smith. They're just yeah. trying to get something out of him. He's too smart, man. He's too wily. And if one person deserves to do whatever the hell he wants, it's Cam Smith. He's doing a Tom Brady, I swear. I hope he just turns up. On, on next Wednesday, and he's he's either in the Broncos or Titans. Yeah, I just hope he I hope he does that because he he's always going to stay fit. He could I don't think he'd actually have to train. He could just roll straight into round one and play all twenty four games, and he could do it easy. But just leave him alone. That's it's pathetic. It's pathetic journalism again. But they just and that's that's the only big drama in the whole preseason. I'll tell you what. This Not only of there's been a few. There's been a few. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave them alone, but. I was in Turkey years ago. I was backpacking and I went to this joint and it was a it was an internet cafe. Right and then I, go, right I had a couple of little <laughs> Turkish things and the bloke comes upstairs. He goes, do you want to buy a rug? And I said, no, I don't want to buy a rug. And he goes, what about this? He's showing me all these rugs and he's like, 500 bucks, 400 bucks. And I didn't say one word. I just sat there. Mate, ended up buying a rug for about 10 bucks because he just kept <laughs> bringing the price down. That's like Cameron Smith. The more he keeps his mouth shut, the more yeah, his price goes they up. They hate it. The they, Broncos they, they will be going, hate it. we'll get him. We'll just throw a billion dollars at him. And he's worth it. He yeah. was like Dally M, um, hooker of the year last year, captain of the year, whatever he got. He was he was a gun. He's 63 years old. Won the premiership. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's one bloke that you can just leave alone, but they just don't like that. The media hate that, and he plays the media game really well, They don't, and they don't know what to do. What the other bloke on the other end of the spectrum, so you've got Cameron Smith, who the wily old fox, and then you've got the young kid coming through. Now, we, we sort of left it alone a bit last year, Suali, because we just wanted to let him make a decision. You know, all of the press and everything. Yeah. He's a 17-year-old kid. He's made that decision now. And so what he needs to understand is that he's now in the public eye. Mm-hmm. He's come out on the weekend, played Reggie's um, for the Roosters and, and scored a couple of tries. He looked superb. He did. Is he that good? I think he is. Um I was fortunate to, to do a little bit of work with him this year with Roger Fabry and have a really good chat to him and just talk about the stuff that we did talk to, that we talked about last year with the right people around him, the right team, people coming out with the right things to say about him because we spoke about it last year. He was front and back page and he hadn't said a word. And, you know, I told him how NRL players feel, you know, like they don't like that sort of stuff, you know, like guys getting massive money – He's swapping codes, he's swapping teams, he's changing this and that, you know, and he hasn't said one word. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I just you know, gave him that sort of advice. Just make, make your decision, stick to it, and then just play. You were heaps good at not saying stuff too. Yeah, that was your, one of your main skills. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but he, 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 he came out on the weekend and he was, he was unbelievable. Mm. Like he was, he, he's 16 years old. 
Like he's playing against. So just I think the guys. I think it was at Canberra. He's yeah, playing he against some. Camera. He's playing against some blokes that have coming back from injury. The crazy redhead's coming back from his ACL last year, so he wants to come out. Um, you got centers. You got all these aspiring NRL players. You know what I mean? And he goes in, scores two tries, and the two tries he scored was pure strength. Yeah. So the kid is strong as hell. I, I mean, when I when I spoke to him, I'm eye level with him. He's like six four, six five. He's about one hundred and six kilos. Quick, strong, fast, skill. Oh man, he's gonna be—he's gonna be an amazing player. He's playing against grown-ass men in rugby league. He's been playing union. Mm. Like the kid's gonna be a freak. I mean, I think the raps on him has been bigger than you know, bigger than Sonny Bill and bigger union than Israel players Folau. are tougher though. Traditionally, traditionally the union traditionally players are really, tougher. really tough. And also, one thing that I liked was he—what that second try he scored. He's gone off his right foot on the 15-meter line and he scored under the post. He's got His legs are about yeah. 40 meters long. I just like, went, that's the biggest. How do you get... It's like if Sonny Bill, Greg Inglis and uh, Israel Flower had a kid. It'd be... <laughs> it'd be <laughs> he's, he does it's have it. a lot of the Israel Flower. He's Flau, just a freak, but he's got, he's got all the silky skills. I'm not sure. I think, I think he'll definitely debut this year. I think he'll, he'll see some really big honors. Um, it'll be just be, it's a matter of time. Yeah. The kid is a freak. And he's tough. His defensive decisions, he was coming up, coming up and in at the right time. He was, no, he, he was impressive. One thing that the trials showed is these rule changes have actually, they've really sped the game up. Some bloke from Parramatta was sort of saying that he felt like, you know, the rule changes were too much almost. Yeah. He couldn't get his breath. But who was that? They didn't say who it was because you wouldn't want to have your name attached to that quote. Mitchell you? Moses? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Mitch. Um, so, yeah, look. Sivo? He's, <laughs> he's he a just winger. stands on the wing. <laughs> I think, so the producer, he doesn't do much. And what he has done is he's written them all down for us because, I mean, I would have just remembered them off the top of my head. Easily. So the introduction of a two-point field goal for kicks, don't care. Although people will have a crack at that. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be relative to where the game, the game clock is. If it's like, I've seen Reynolds have a crack on it. Uh, the charity shield. It was like you know, forty seconds ago, he was on the fifty, and he had a crack on it. It yeah. was like twenty-eight nil anyway. Right. But um, I mean, I think though, you are purposely not going to go if you get a, if you get a penalty on your forty, you kick it, you get out just over half, just over halfway. You're not going to go two shots to the middle so I can have a drop goal. No. That's going to be situational football. If there's thirty seconds on the clock, and someone else is one in front from a field goal. Yes, not- exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it. Or you're two behind or something. It's just desperation. You need two points to either even the game or to win the game. Yeah. You know, and even if it's one point behind, you're probably going to go, you're going to push further just for that one point. You're not going to try and go for the win. No. That's not, you know, I'm all about analytics and that wouldn't be it. Six again to be called for 10 metre infringements. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's brutal. That's, that, that, that was last year and they're just going to continue that. Yeah. I, think, I think it's a really good rule. Um, the the middle guy. I just feel for the middle boys. All I can just think of is just like uh, penalty after penalty after penalty, like making back to back to back sets. I, you know, we saw it last year. They cost games. You, you know, know we'll or do. definitely tries. You know, you can't go. Just say if you're coming out of yardage. Just say you on your you got a twenty meter tap. They've just kicked. They've just kicked it dead. Twenty meter tap. Boom, boom, boom. Get to the fourth tackle. Penalty. Ruck infringement or mm. off, offside or whatever it is. Six to go, then you get to their 40, six to go. Next minute you're camped on their 10, six to go, bang, try. 
Yeah. That's how easy things can happen. And I and I watched we watched that last year and it happened so many times because not many people can get through, you know, t- those three sets of six straight away. And even even if they do get through the three or four sets of six, their next set is so fatigued and then everybody gets down and like as a defensive unit and smashes them. They probably make 20 to 30 meters and then get the kick and then they're back on the halfway and then usually that's an attacking set and then they score. Yeah, that's what traditionally that I mean not traditionally that's what was happening last year because they can get they get crippled off that because they've been attacking all the time so it stuffs with your men, mental capacity there you've been attacking the whole just say for three you know just say for two sets and then you put a shit kick in and then that happens the three sets and then you get one and then bang usually it's, usually it's a try it happens all the time because yeah. they can't deal with it mentally so these young kids. They've got a, you know, they've got, they've got a hell of a job, and these young, these young kids, especially in the middle, it just, it, it just deflates you, and you've got to keep turning up and turning up and turning up, eight interchanges, all that kind of stuff. Mm. You just got to get fit. Everybody, like these athletes, you know, like these big Polynesian kids that are dominating the game. Now they've evolved and they've gotten fit, and then they've got to get fitter again because they, because of the reason, because. Remember, as I said, like Tao Malolo in 2010 11 couldn't play more than 25 minutes. Mm. Now he plays 80 and dominates. And now, you know, you've got, you got all these big guys Takayaho, Jarry Hargraves, all these guys. They all play some big minutes, man. They're playing 70 minutes. And so the game is still trying to fatigue the big boys. It's not working. I sound fatigued. Just it's fatigue, like actually just thinking about it. And I'm just like, wow. It's, it's going to play with their. And it's going to, it's going to um, you know, the. The mentally strong kids will come through and the mentally strong teams. What we'll do is, with these other rules, we'll say good for the game or not good for the game. Okay. All right? Because that's yeah, what we do. We analyse. Yes, a massive analyse. Uh, penalties for team if they leave a scrum before the referee calls break. I think it's good. Imagine. Do you that, think I should elaborate? No. I think, what you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get... Backspace. They're trying to get one-on-ones. What they're trying to get with people at home. Guys that that have been watching the game for the last 20 years, the lock's usually breaking out. The the, the 5'8 can't get the ball, can't step off his left foot, can't step off his right foot because locks and back rolls are jamming your ribs. So understand that. So when the ball gets out and they say clear... That five eight could be he could be well gone. He could be stepping over, and then they get a genuine shot. That's what they're trying to do mm. because the forwards are so quick and athletic. You cover so much ground. There's people don't understand that, and that's what the game's trying to do. They're trying to get you stay here, let these backs go one on one, or whoever's in that back line. That's what they want. I wish they'd bring back pushing in the scrums. That was a good <laughs> old day. Uh, so they should well, be happy they're in a scrum. Oh, it's a break. Anyway, a play the ball restart if the ball or player with the ball goes over the sideline. So they're basically saying we've got special rules for scrums, mm. but then the next rule they're saying we're not going to have scrums anymore. They're quite they're quite confusing to dissect all these kind of things. I think so. That's just this, that's this just be a, getting this will be scrums. a fitness thing, but this will be a fitness thing as well. Um, just say if if you're an, if you are traditionally a fit team and you've just say the Bulldogs. Usually they're a fit team and they would just try and kick it out on purpose knowing that it's going to be a 15-metre uh, play the ball yeah. instead of the scrum. And then you can back your defence to just go up and in and just bang the shit out of that team. If you're not a really good defence, you're not really you're not going to do that. You're not going to kick it out on purpose. You're not going to do anything like that. You're probably going to try and keep the ball in play. But because it's only 15 metres in, 
imagine if you're in a put the, the the shoe on the other foot. If you're an attacking team and fit as hell, and knowing that the defense and just say it was a shit kick, knowing that the defense isn't that good, you're going to have a really good shot at him. So it's all about field position and all that kind of stuff, and knowing your team and halfbacks knowing how tired your your middle blokes are. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's going it's going to be one of those your halfbacks got to be all about the forwards, which they should, which they usually are anyway. But you know this this thing could change the game. Well, the I, only don't, I don't think many teams are going to be kicking out on purpose. Well, the only time there's going to be scrums, but now because is they, they hate it. it, but the reason why they're doing that rule is because when it's just say two minutes, two minutes to go, and you're on your fourth tackle, and they they kick it straight out, 30, 40 seconds to get to the scrum, all that sort of bullshit. Instead of fucking bang, 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 get it on the fifteen meter, you have a crack. Yeah, that's what they. That's what they're doing it for. They're not doing it for like the, the, to speed the game up. They're doing it because sometimes at the end of the game, you can kill the clock. So I understand that if you're if you're a, if you understand the game, you know what I mean. If you're a supporter of the game, you know, understand that they're only doing that because of that. So good. Yes, it is good if 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 you need to score. Yeah. If I'm fucking on that other, if I'm on the other team, kick it out, kick it out. That's what I'm saying. But then you're like, oh well, then we'll probably have to have a decent kick to try and keep it in. The next you know? rule. So it's all about it's all about managing the clock. The bunker. Will now review replays after an on-field referee awards a try, but the conversion attempt will not be allowed until it gets the green light. Yeah. Oh. I don't care about the bunker. I don't care about that. I don't care. I usually fuck something up. That's that's a. It's I don't just care bad for the the bunker the is bad for the game. The bad bunker. full stop. Injured players will be interchanged if a trainer asks for play to be stopped. Great for the game because okay. if you you're an idiot if you think yeah, the trainers are on the field Milking. and you've got a you've got. A, You've got a bruised uh, nipple, and they go and stop the game. You know, what I mean? like they're stopping the game for anything. Yeah, you know, the refs have just got to be smart and go. Look, the kid's knocked out. Yeah, stop the game. You know, like there's a little bit of onus on the refs as well. Have a look at the fucking dude. He's just getting his hamstring stretched. Why are you stopping the game for? Yeah. How many times everyone says that? Like it's, we watched that. Like, he's got his hand. He's cramping up. Mm. Fucking let the game go. Yeah. Can ref? Can you see that? No, you can't. Well, just fucking do your job. Sorry, yeah. refs. They bring the badge back anyway. Well, you'll like this one. When a captain's challenge is inconclusive, a team will not be docked for an unsuccessful attempt. So that just goes into if the bunker don't know what's going on. See? Like, that's, oh, that's not good. People for the game. just fucking hate these rules, man. Just, I mean, I, some I, under, of them I, under, good. I understand. I understand some of them as a, as a former player, and I know how it can improve the game and all that kind of shit. But like this, I, I, when you just said that to me, I just blank out. I'll tell you what this reminds me of in the cricket when they have the DRS and then they go umpire's call and the ball's clearly hitting the stumps and you go, what do you mean? Yeah. It's, it's just Stump. showing it's, it's hit pathetic. the stumps anyway. This is another bunker. That's ball. No good. A handover will be ordered when a player does not make a genuine attempt to play the ball correctly with their foot. Yeah, it's going to kill coaches. It'll kill someone. It'll kill coaches because they're not saying. Remember a couple of years ago, the, you know, the refs were going crazy if you weren't striking it with your foot. Yeah, just attempt. Please attempt straight. it. Mm. Don't just throw it through your legs. Put your foot on it. We all know how to play the ball since we're five years old, and all of a sudden you just want to like throw it through your legs. Mm. That is not even a natural movement. If you're a rugby league player, you don't do that. It's ne- it's not Oz tag or anything like that. Whatever the, you know, touch football. You don't dump it. Put it through your legs. But um, you just – yeah, that that's terrible. It'll kill coaches. Yeah, they have enough stress. Look at them. They look awful. Uh, one last thing, Will. Uh, expansion team, mm. Brisbane, will your man be coaching it? 
I think Wayne Bennett will. I think um, why why wouldn't you get him? Why would. would not you? Why wouldn't you get him? Yeah. He's the best. I mean, if it didn't really solidify how great he was last, like how great he was, you know, of all time last year, winning that Origin, you know, I think that was that's crazy how we how we did that. Oh, and with South Sydney this year, I think you know, they're going to go close. I think they'll be up there. They got the, they got the roster there. He's the best. He's the best coach in the game. And and if you're going to start a franchise, which I hope they do, I think. Um, I think the game's ready for an expansion. You know, I'm sick of, you know, some older players and even old sort of at that sort of that attitude a couple of years ago, like, you know, the game's not we don't have enough talent. We don't have enough talent. Yeah, I think we do. I think at that stage, if it was two or three years ago, because we had so many great players retire from the game, we didn't. These young kids, we just it's a production line. That's what we do. We just breed these young kids and we by twenty twenty three we'll be ready for for a team. And Wayne's Wayne's he's the best guy for it. He's off con- he's off contract this year. He'll probably just be a part of the team next year with the promotions, with the media, getting players. Yeah, I'll be stealing you know, players left. You know, like Cam. I think Munster and a few gun players are off. They're all from Brisbane. I think their their mentality is to grab those young kids that are from Queensland playing in Sydney and further than Sydney down in Melbourne and bring them back home. And Cameron Smith's only 47 in 2023. Are you going to sign a five-year deal, Cam it's Smith? Eight-year deal, I heard. Yeah, ten. Ten-year deal. He's doing a Tal Malolo. He's doing a Tal Malolo. He's going to do a ten-year deal. All right, William. What we're going to do is we are going to now go through every single team because we're thoughtful and we know that we have a wide range of people that listen to the show that support mm. all sorts of shit-house teams. <laughs> so we're going to go reverse ladder order of last year. So what I want to know, I want to say – We'll start with the Broncos because they got the spoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a look at some of the players that they've bought um, and some of the players that they've lost. Um, they've basically, of all the players that matter, um, they've lost for feeder, obviously, and they've lost Andrew McCulloch. Yeah. Um, they've gained Dale Copley. Asiata's good footballer. good. David Mead. David Mead. David Mead had some really good years over in the Catalans. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it's, different. it's a different level. So, I mean, Kevy Walters is obviously the coach now. Um, they stay where they are, stay which is dead are. last. Yeah, um, I I feel sorry for uh, for Kevy. He's a great he's a great guy, and I think it's going to be a couple of years. Look at the losses: McCulloch, Fafita, Darius Boyd, Matt Gillett, Sullivan, Jack Bird, Offing Awe, Hopewadi, Jordan Kahu, Kenna, Vadoka, Isaac Luke. All these sort of blokes. I mean, there's about there's a couple of household names there. You've lost so much experience and have not bought anyone. Yeah. They're just going to be down there, the cellar dwellers for the last for the for the next couple of years. That's just the way it is. I think everybody's, um, you know, really disappointed and fooled. The last, you know, what thirty years, the Broncos have always been in top four, mm. always been amongst it. You know, going yeah, the Broncos will win. They've lost that. It's just it's the salary cap. This is what's happened. It's a salary cap effect, and I just I hate to say, I mean, if you're a Broncos fan, you're going to be down there for a while. Do you reckon any improvement? They reckon they're going to pick Brodie Croft over Tom Little Dearden, bit. which I, mean, I think. Like, who cares? Didn't. I mean, like Brodie Croft was terrible last year. That's Dearden, I don't know. I, it's was not good. like it's not like he's, you, you're trying to say you got Cam Cam Munster or some freaks there. No, I'm not. Impre- I'm not. I'm not impressed with their roster at all. Mm. I just think they're going to be like down the bottom somewhere. Like definitely in the top. Definitely in the bottom four. Yeah. All year. Yeah, and you know, I'm not sure how much pressure they're going to put on like a Payne Haas, and he's been injured in the off season, you know. But losing for feeder and all these sort of blokes, these young kids that are just, you know, 
you don't lose a David Fafita unless your culture's wrong. All right, so the Bulldogs finished 15th. Mm. They have gone on a massive buying spree, William. They've yeah. got Kotrick, they've got Corey Allen, they've got Jack Hetherington, who I love. They've got Cole yeah. Flanagan after the Roosters punted him. Um, they bought Corey Waddell from uh, Matt Manly. Dury. He's all right. Yeah, I like him. Uh, who'd they lose? Uh, Foles, no Kieran Holland, Montoya, Tolman, Suase Sue, Cogger, Tim Lafayette, and they're not massive losses. No one that you. Yeah, I think I'm. I think they're going to be really big, big improvers. Yeah. I I went down there and had a good talk with Bazish. Uh, I reckon a couple of months ago they look they look they look primed. Which I could say, which every team says that. Oh, we look great preseason, but they've got a ga- they've got a game plan. Have they been training the house down? Yeah, all that sort of shit. But I don't think they were training the house down, considering you know what what some of the S and Cs and that were saying, the targets that they were supposed to meet and the targets they're meeting now, totally different. Yeah, and they weren't really they weren't really reaching those benchmarks, and now they are. Mm. You know, they look big, strong, fast. You know, Flanagan, um, he, he's going to improve so much. You know, this year he's going to run that whole team around. Uh, you've got Kotrick. I think he's going to be amazing this year. Corey Allen, don't, don't underestimate that kid. He had a great year last year. Corey Waddell has always been off the bench for, for the Eagles. He's, he's probably going to be a bench player. Jack Hetherington has got massive wraps on. Like he, would, he, would have been, um, he would have been in that system last year. Uh, for the Penrith Panthers, but he got injured just before the start of the year, and it cost him his spot because because they were going so well. You're not going to change a change a winning team, but he's a beast. He did so well when he played for the Warriors. He's a beast, man. He, he is. He's going to. And I tipped him. I tipped him a couple of years ago to play for New South Wales and Australia. So I think he's going to. He's going to. He's going to get those honours. Yeah. Not 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 next year, but he'll be pushing. And I just think they'll be they'll be big big improvers. And then you got to yeah, it's it's you know Thorin and Kieran Holland, all these guys there, they're ready to go. All right, so the Cowboys, I can't believe how bad the Cowboys were last year. They were just toilet cool. They were. So they end up coming last year. Third last. Awesome. 14th with the roster they had. I don't know, yeah. Well, anyway, always, and I think everybody keeps giving them hope because you got – have a look at their roster. Look at the forward pack. Mm. And because Tal Malolo just carries so much – so much weight in that team, but you know their backs really struggle. Their halves really struggle. They've struggled since JT, and Michael Morgan didn't help. Just um, you know being injured all year. He's got he held so much any energy in that team, and you know he's been off for the last couple of years. Yeah. You know if he plays a full season, I think they can push for the eight. I don't think they'll make the eight, but you know we got you still got McLean and you know all these other guys that can play some really good football, but they're just going to struggle with their halves, man. You got Cohen Hess as well, who he it's, it's a big year for him because he came out of the blocks hard. He played Origin in his maybe his second year, and then last year he ended up as a bench player. You know, yeah. you can't go from being an Origin player to being a bench player. You, you've got to come back. You know, he he hasn't forgotten how to play football. Blokes no. don't forget how to play football. I think, and it might be with the, with the coaching this year. I think they'll be all right. Big Todd Payton's up there. He he really. Gets his players, especially because he was a, a known ball player as a front row. So I want his front rowers, Jordan McLean and and Maguire, passing the ball. And I think that I think you'll see that this year. They'll be play. They'll play a more expansive game. They'll get their big guys tipping the ball on and getting on the edges real quick, just to take some pressure off the halves. That's all it is. They've got to play some basic football. That's all. Anyone's sort of coaching thing would be like if you're not that star studded as a team, complete over eighty five percent, get your effective tackles over ninety percent. There's all these little indica- indicators to see how good you go. 
and these are the, the lower teams are going to they, they have those indicators all the time. Apparently, um, he wants Taumalolo to pass the ball a bit more too. Like, Mate, he, which, I mean, even, you know, it'd be great for the it'd be great for Taumalolo because he does like twenty to twenty five touches a game. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot, man. Much. Like, I mean, he's still the best forward in the game. All right, so Manly Sea Eagles, their season basically got one right up the blue. There's blurter. so many fucking sheets on this. As I'm soon so as lost. Trubojevic. Just leave it with me. I'm working it out as we go. So Trebojevic getting injured basically ended the start of their season, let's be honest. I, hope, lost, to, I hope to God they've lost that he didn't. Joel Thompson, Adam Fanua Blake. Um, well, that's probably all the players that That's matter. a big ones. They're the two big ones. Corey Waddell was good for him. Yeah. Kieran Foran, will he play well this year? I don't know. It's hard to know. If he stays. They didn't. They didn't uh, Josh Alloway. He'll be he'll be really good for him. Yeah, him and Tapao up front, like last year, man, they had a gun pack. Yeah, they you know, did. No Syrian, but they've lost Joel Thompson. You got still got Jake Trebojevic. I'm not sure he's going to fill his role. Um, mate, they'll they'll still be they'll still be good. But Tom holds so much in that team, man. He's such a freakish player, and he takes so much pressure off Jake as a ball player and DCE. They need a decent five eight. I'm not sure who's playing for them or a decent center. They got some, got some. They got some all right players, man. But they're gonna they're gonna be struggling. I think last year or the year before could have been their year where they could have pushed for an eight or top four sort of spot. They're 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 on the decline. How does like? I'm no expert on hamstrings, but surely there's someone in the world that can go here, Tom Travoyevich. Yeah. Here's something you can do to stop ripping your hamstring every two seconds. Oh, mate, it's 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 frustrating if you're an Eagles fan. I mean, obviously his biomechanics are all messed up and he needs, you know, some proper, proper help. He's a genuine superstar of the game and one of the best young kids I've ever met. All I wanted for him is just to get a whole whole couple of seasons together. Yeah. We can see what he's like when he gets them together. He's the best player. He's one of the top five players in the world. So I just want him to be happy and be healthy, like mentally as well. Imagine that, like just copping it again. Non-stop. You know, it's, it's terrible. So, yep. I just think they'll struggle this year, but you know, hopefully Tom does get the right thing. They've got to go. They've got to go off campus and try and help this kid. Mm. You can't. Obviously, what they're doing there is wrong. When does Des Hasler stop being a super coach? After this year, he's given plenty of chances. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right. So after that was the dra- had the Dragons finished twelfth last year? They were just terrible. They anyway. started off good. That's true. They mm. always do the May premiers. Uh, so they've that well the biggest thing for them obviously is the coach so they've lost a fair few players um, but bringing in Anthony Griffin it's either going to be genius or idiocy because he's a sort of play he's a sort of coach that seems to polarize people every club he goes to I don't know whether yeah, he's I haven't not, heard a massive rap on him I don't know whether it's not he's not good at talking to people I don't know whether he's too hard on them like but Michael Maguire's hard on I don't know it's a respect thing with coaches man. Some coaches get into the game and some players, they look at – what they do is look at coaches' resumes. And if it doesn't sort of suit up in their eyes and it doesn't equal up a little bit, they just don't give a shit what you're saying. Yes. And I think he's in that category. You know, um, I don't think – you know, and he had that at um, at the Broncos where he had a star-studded team and, like, you know, their, their egos sort of get the best of them because you just – as I said, like, you look at a coach's credentials like, what the fuck are you done? As a, as a former player, you, like, you look at it and you just go, what's he done? Why is he telling me what to do? He's never played the game. He's never been in an Origin Arena. He's never, been a, he's never had a test jersey. He's never, did, he's never done anything. I'm not saying this is what I was like, but I know how players think. 
this is what they do. They go, the fuck have you done for me? What have you done in the game? And, they, and they, 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 they give you that. They give you that energy as well. They don't play for you 100%. Broncos never played for him. Ever. Like, and the Dragons are going to struggle this year, man. If you go off, I'm like, I don't really go off trials that much, but I go off some defensive, like, defensive situations, what they were put in on the weekend in that charity shield. It's terrible. Just while we're on the Dragons, how, where do you sit on Corey Norman getting suspended for getting into a stink? Where blokes attacked him, essentially. What a load of shit. I mean, I think a lot of players... I think Alex Glenn wrote something on Instagram, which was quite quite inspiring and great. It was great from a, from a current player, not a former player, current player. Um, yeah, I think it's terrible what happened. I, I've, I've, I watched the video, I think about three weeks before it came out. I knew, I knew something was going to come out. And uh, I watched the whole thing. I mean, the only show on, you know, on mainstream media, just those, that, that little, you know, the five-second sort of thing. I watched, it, was, it goes for about two minutes. These blokes were stalking like Seguiaro and, and, and Norman down this laneway. And they start on Seguiaro and Norman comes in to help him. This bloke just swims on him. And you watch Corey Norman not, not even do anything to sure and try and protect himself from getting hit. And then it all sort of breaks up and, and then it's all done. Come on, man. And then you then you, then you throw the kid to the wolves and get suspended. What's that fucking say? What, what just come and bash everyone? What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, as a bash all the player, NRL players, like please, that doesn't happen, man. You you do get approached a lot, and you know when you're out, I don't know why people want to talk to you. I don't. I have to though. But <laughs> I I can see how most people are always. You get the odd one that's a dickhead about it, but if someone's coming at you in an aggressive manner and you're with your friends and your friends just also happen to be footballers, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, that like situation, I've never, been, I've, I've never been in that situation. They'd have to have rocks in there to come at you. Yeah, never. But, um, you know, I, when I watched that, I was like, damn, what's he, what's 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 Seguiara supposed to do? What's Corey Norman supposed to do? Let his mate get punched? It's just like, it's not in, it's not built in him. And I just think they've, they've made the wrong decision there. Someone who took lots of punches last year, good segue, is the Warriors as they had to mm. move countries. They finished 10th last year in what was a really, really good finish to the season. I think they've they've bought quite well. Yeah. Um, they've lost a few players, but no one really that's going to affect their roster in a massive way. Yeah. Obviously, losing two of Arsashek next year is going to affect them. But this year, they've got a new coach. Um, they've got you know a good end to last year. Um, Murdoch Masila's... Mm. A beast. Benny Murdoch Masila was an absolute gun over for the Tongan team in 2017 and for Warrington. Kane Evans, he's still, you know, like he, I mean, he's, he shows glimpses of brilliance. And I think over there, I think he might sign, he might show some consistency. Adding for Noel Blake. Yeah. What an animal. Ewan Aiken, an animal. You know, they've got some really good kids there. Like even Sean O'Sullivan, just a backup. Montoya, uh, Bailey Sirenen, he's a good player. They, they've bought really well. I think um, they'll be they'll be a bit of a, be a bit of a shock this year. I how didn't realize I didn't realize how, the, the quality of players they bought. I reckon they've they've won that. How do you reckon they'll go with another year away from home? Do you reckon last year being away from home for that period of time will have taught them how to do it a bit better, or do you reckon? No, no, no I just yeah. don't think so. Like last year, it was it was one of those years where you just had to think on your feet, and you just got you just you, you did what you had to just to get on the field and play your best football. It'll take its toll this year. Have they got their families with them this year, though? Are I hope allowed? to God they have. They sure. I hope. I hope to God they have, and they've, um, 
Yeah, I think I just think this year will take a bigger toll than they did last year because the unknown, you don't know. You just turn up to training. You're in that bubble. You play as hard as you can. You train as hard as you can. You have a siege mentality. You got to have, you know, you have that you have that attitude. This year it's like we're not home. We know we're not home. Mm. You know what I mean? I just I just think it's a different mindset because they know what they're in for. Maybe it can work for them, maybe not. This is going to be up to the leadership team. And the coach, it's a, it's massively, it's it's a big thing on the coach, man. They've got to really run that and then um and and live and breathe what they're doing. They got and Gus believe Gould. and believe it. I mean, Gus can really like galvanize that team, but it's up to the players. Yeah, and I did forget the Tigers. I'm sorry to all the Tigers fans out there. I just assumed you came ninth, so I didn't worry about you when you came eleventh. I thought you were better than that, but they have bought well. They are definitely one of the sides that bought well. I think James Roberts looks as if he's fit and ready to go. Yeah. Um, big Carver's kid, Stefano, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Tarmow's probably the buy of the buy. season. Um, and off big and Joe, Big Joe, yeah. And Dane Laurie as well. So yeah. um, they just put a lot of points on, on in the trial on the weekend. I reckon they're a big improver. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll be pushing for an eight spot. It's going to be hard with those teams that we just don't really know. You know, if they're not a top four team, you know, they're going to be like around about 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, which is hard. Um, I'm still not sold on their halves. Like you can have as big, the big forwards and the, and the classy five, I mean, the classy uh, centers and wingers and that. But if your halves aren't above average, you are going to struggle. And, you if, you're, and if you're nine, I mean, I think he, he regressed massively last year. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was because Benji was there. He couldn't handle the, you know, the, the situations that he was put in last year. Uh, but he was... Very, very poor. Mm. And hopefully he can sort of, you know, a couple of years ago, he was halfback, Dallium halfback of the year. I don't know how far you can um, regress in a year. Mm. And he did. You know, there was a couple of times there Benji had to carry the team last year. So, yeah, I'm not sold on their nine, seven, and six all fullback. They bought really well, but I just think it's going to be one of those years where they just lose, you know, probably eight games by, you know, two to ten points. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you can have as much, you know, like, strength around you. Like, Big Joe, off in Gow. You've got James Roberts, a strike centre. James Tarmow. Just go off, off those three guys. You're like, you should, you should be a decent team. Mm. Doesn't matter. You need the nine, seven, and six steering you around. The nine is an issue, I think. Big time. But um, you never know. This kid, I mean, they reckon this kid's good. Um, Who is little, it? Liddell. Little, little, little Liddell. Yeah, but right. he's injured every five seconds, so it's hard to know. Uh, all right. The Titans. The Titans, William, they have yeah. got the biggest hype train around them of all time. Is it is it real? I don't know, is it? I'm um, looking at looking at who they bought. It's dominated by Farmer Siloia and Fafita. Will he be happy with how you pronounce it? No, he name? won't. I just said it and I went, that was awful. That was a terrible <laughs> attempt. You're a kid. SASA is another good buy. Um They've lost really just um, Jai Arrow. That's it. You got it? No. Oh, do you know what? I am actually going to practice that because I'm going to be saying his name. Let's call him Big T. Big Tino. I yeah. do apologise for that. Did you see that, that try scored? I did. It was yes, nothing happening. Footwork, bang, outside the four man, straighten up, changing hands. Like it was. I think people just look at it as like, it's a big, strong human. No, the skill level that he showed – to get through that gap, the footwork, the left palm changed it back into his left with a right palm to put the ball down. 
is is ridiculous. I think he's going to be the buy of the year. I think, I think they, he's a better buy than Fafita. They're going to be on par. I think a, a lot of I've been talking to some uh, fush, uh, football aficionados like David Fafita. He's a, he's an edge player. Yeah, isn't he? But you want him to get more involved. Yeah. If I was a coach, I would swap because Tino's playing lock. I would swap him in and out. So I want David Fafita attacking both sides of the ruck. Anywhere, instead of sitting him on a right edge mm. or sitting him on the left edge, I would get Big Tino to start at lock and then give him a rest and then put David Fafita back at lock for the back end of the 10, 10 minutes to finish the half. Mm. I'll, I'll just, I'd, give him, I'd give him ample opportunity just to create what he wants just off the nine, both sides of the ruck, because he can play both sides of the ruck. Mm. He's got freakish footwork. He changes hands really good. It doesn't matter what side he plays. He's an animal. But if you sit him on that right side or left side, Teams will game plan for him, and they know what he does. And if you just sit there on the left edge or the right edge, the defensive coordinators will figure you out. Mm. I mean, he's a big, strong animal. He's, he's ridiculous. He's going to get his chances. But if you can just put him at lock for like maybe 10, 15 minutes of every half and maybe play both of them about six, 65 to 70 minutes and have them both on you know, pretty, pretty regular, then you're in. You're in for it. Like, I, don't, I don't want David Fafita. If you're, if you're a left edge and, you, and he's on the right edge – I want to swap edges if, I, if I'm that halfback or 5'8", and then he gets you on the other side as well. Do you know what I mean? So you can't just stick him on one side just to terrorise that one bloke. He needs to be both sides of the ruck because he's that talented. Have you put all of the Titans games in your phone so that you can watch them just in case Jamil Fogarty's got his shirt off? I've been stalking Jamil Fogarty. He's ripped. How you, jacked does he look? All time. <laughs> Have you got? You follow him on Instagram just to get his shirt off. More. He doesn't more follow me. Off. It's ridiculous. He doesn't. He, I think he'll be good. Knew the love that you had for his body. Tyron, uh, I didn't know Tyron Roberts got released either. So they must have big raps on him. Yeah. Look, I think um, I think the Titans are definitely going to be improvers. Mm-hmm. Whether they're, that. I wouldn't be saying top four or anything. I, they're going to be no. one of those teams. They're going to be fighting for that eight spot. All right. The Sharks. Speaking of sides that are sort of. Mm. I don't know. Just I don't know. Are they getting anywhere? I don't know. This year? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think so. They um, got Aiden Tolman. They got some. They got. <laughs> they bought, they've got they've some, bought Aiden Tolman. They've got some salary cap problems, man. You know, with Moylan and Dugan, not even uh, worried about the money that they're on. Get all the money you can, boys. But um, I know they'll be. Look, look who they got: Aiden Tolman and Luke Metcalf. That's it. Who's Luke Metcalf? I don't know who Luke Metcalf is. Hopefully, he's a good player, but. Um, they've lost Cameron King, Bakuya, Sorensen, Bryson Goodwin, and they're not even household names. None of these kids, man. You know, you got you got Fafita and and Wade Graham. Um, most of those guys are, you know, they get they're getting to that level. You know, like 30, 30 plus, where you know their best football is on, you know, is behind them. So it's going to suck. They're in a bit of a um, bit of a pickle here. I think um, like they got Cameron McInnes. Oh, that's that's twenty twenty two, isn't it? Next year. Wow. I feel sorry, I feel sorry for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sold on the sharks. I'm just not. Like, the, like who? Who? Who they got? Who are they harps? Um, Townsend, well, Townsend, and Johnson. Johnson coming back from an Achilles problem. Well, man. Moylan's playing five. Moylan, you know, like Moylan's obviously he's had a great preseason, but I don't give a fuck about preseason. I want to see you play 24 games. John Morris has got to be the first coach that'll get the yeah. ass. I mean, yeah. if he doesn't win, there's already whispers he's gone. Mm. Which is a shame because I think he's probably, you know... He's, he's one of those coaches that are too young. He's cleaning up other he's people's too messes too. It's like when Nathan Brown coming to St. George, he's already he's played with guys like Trent Barrett. I'm not going to fucking listen to him. If I, if I was a player who was playing and I had a coach who was nowhere near as good as me or anything like that and he's trying to tell me how to play, no, nah, 
I'd listen to him, but I'm just saying, I'm just telling you how, telling you people at home how actual players think. They're not, they're not going to give you that full credit. Like if Wayne Bennett's talking to you, yeah, it's different. Craig Bellamy, yeah, it's different. Dudes who've, you know, like a, that are just sort of club players and all that kind of shit, man. Like if you're a current player that's played Origin Australia and all that kind of stuff, ticked every single box in the game, you're not going to listen to that. That's the way it is. I'm sorry. Your old club. I've actually refrained from saying your old club because... There's about six of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Knights. Yeah. The club yeah. that, you know, probably yeah. was one of the ones that, you know, you grew up in, in the Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle region. And, I love Newcastle. Yeah, so... Uh, what do you think of the Newcastle? Underachievers last year? Or? Definitely. Yeah? Definitely. They got to the, I mean, they got to the... Um, they got to the finals, but I think they got cleaned up, didn't they? Yeah, and I think that looking – one thing that you kept talking about last year was their lack of edge punch with mm. Fitzgibbon and Guerra and Tyson Frizzell is going to give them a lot on mm-hmm. that, you know, from that front. But I, I think it's a question. They still really don't know who their six is. I mean, they're going to play Blake Green, I think, again. Yeah, um, I would play great Blake Green. But he's – Getting towards the back end, like yeah. with him, but the way that he plays, he can get away with that. Yeah, he's not an explosive player. He's not gonna. He's he ain't gonna attack the line like a Sean Johnson or a Munster and try and break the line. He's 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 game IQ, rugby league IQ, the passing, the kicking, the game management, all that kind of stuff. Where Piercy, Piercy doesn't have to do everything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's crazy what he has to do, and hopefully he can just sort of chill back, relax, get his defense on, he's attacking on. You know, have a connection with um with Tyson Frizzell there. The left edge, I'm not sure who it is. It's not Fitzgibbon because he's injured. Well, they, I think um, they might play Mitch Is it Barnett? Barnett. So Mitch Barnett, Barnett. And I think their lock will be... Connor Watson. Connor Watson. So they're trying to go small. Like, they're trying to copy the blueprint of the of a, um, you know, Cameron, Cameron Murray's and Victor Radley's and Jake Trebojevich, where your lock is a bit of a rover, takes pressure off the halfback, so they get their forwards going. You need big Saifidi and big Clemmer hitting holes off off Cameron, I mean, off, off the lock there. And who's the other kid? I think he played 5'8 last year. Uh, Kurt Mann. Kurt Mann. Yeah. So they're going to be tossing between, between those two blokes. So yeah. I think Kurt Mann will be off the bench, and one of them be starting or off the bench. Mm-hmm. And then it can give the nine a little bit of a break as well. So that's the sort of balance they're going through because, yeah, I just I just think they'll struggle with, you know, as I, I said last year, they all play similar, mm. very very north south. There's not much footwork. There's not much punch on the edge. The lock doesn't ball play. It's just very, it's very um, it's very basic one football, dimensional. one dimensional. And, and teams who who um, who play against them, you know, you mark up on Ponga, you shut Ponga down, you shut Pierce down, you win the game. Well, he's out for the first little while, Bonger. I think if they start slowly, the Knights, then they could have some rumbles, I reckon, because they're the sort of side that, you know, if they they showed last year when the pressure was on a couple of times they crumbled in games they should have won. So hopefully they go all right, because I do like the Knights. They'll be all right. Uh, The Rabbitohs finished sixth last year. I thought they finished higher than that, but they did not. So they've got uh, Jai Arrow, Josh Mansour's a good buy, Um, Benji Marshall. Yeah. The wily old fox. Um, they've lost a few. Jacob Host is good. He's a good player. Tao Moog is good. Tane Milne, I think they've recruited really well. That's depth. They're depth signings, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I know that. But, um, yeah, look, the way Latrell Mitchell started off the year and, and the way he's played in that All-Stars game and also in the trial, the way Cody Walker. Souths are going to be – if they are on, they showed that yeah. last year, they can beat anyone. 
Yeah, and it's their def- defense just needs to show up, and they've got some that Jacob Host and um, Jai Arrow just to clean everything up. You know, I think they're going to be hard to beat. Mm. All they need is some really quick play of the balls. I said it last year. You just got to you got to you got to inject Cook into the game, and how do you do that? You just jam through the ruck, quick play the balls, get Tom Burgess and Totola, Arrow, everybody going through the middle, and then bang, the whole game opens up. Mm. So they need to understand that those middle guys have got the most important job in the NRL is getting quick play of the balls for Cook. Yeah, That's all it is. It's your only job. And I think um, with the ball playing skills at Totoli, I think he's his fourth year now. And Tom Burgess is a vet now, Jai Arrow. Got these young kids, Kaloa Matangi, all these all these guys coming off the bench. You've got about 25 guys to fit into 17. That's what breeds greatness. Yeah. And I think, you know, with one more year under their belt playing that way and getting mm. Cody Walker front football, you let him run, he can rip sides apart. And letting and having Latrell just be Latrell. He's yep. come he, he looks fit. I mean he's probably still gonna probably lose about four four kilos maybe mm. and get into shape. He should I, go I, think, I don't think people look, realize how big Latrell is. He's like six foot three, man, like a hundred and something kilos. He throws people off like a rag doll. Get him on this juice diet I'm on, it's good. <laughs> lose four kilos in about three hours. Uh all right, the Raiders. I really like the Raiders. Mm. They haven't really bought anyone. They've lost um, – well, they bought Ryan James. It'd be good to see him have a good year. But yeah, they've lost good. Bateman and they've lost Kotrick. But I still look at that side and the just the combinations they've got and the yeah. balance they've got. I really like this Raiders side. They were one game yeah. off a grand final. They lost a grand final the I year think they'll before. Be good. Yeah. I think they'll be, you know, around – they'll be definitely in the top eight. Um. Yeah, I think that you're just going to expect the same. I think I'm just I'm expecting the same. Just mm. a real good fight right to the end. You know, they're probably going to get to the preliminary, and then you know it's you know it's up to you know the bounce of the ball and stuff like that in those preliminaries. And I just think I think they got the team to get to the grand final easily. Yeah, you know, you just got it's just one of those years. And sometimes when you have that attitude, it doesn't work out. Yeah, you know what I mean. You sit there, oh, it's going to happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. Then these younger teams just come in and just eat you up, and then you just go down. Yeah. So I think with the coaching there and the leadership that they have in these key, um, you know, key pivotal roles, they can get through. The Roosters, actually, you know what? With the Raiders, one thing: do you think Ryan James, if a fit Ryan James is playing, does he make the seventeen? Yeah, if he's fit. I mean. Like who's I'm not sure who their back row is going to be or anything. Like he's definitely on the bench. Mm. You know, you got Big Papali there, and you know Dinamis Lou. You know, got the crazy redhead coming back. He'll be in the 17. You're he right? has to be. Yeah, it's they hard. Didn't really lose. I mean, yeah, being, yeah, exactly. So it's like what what point of difference can you bring, Ryan James? Mm. You know, are you just going to be a basic forward? Are you just going to do your hit ups and get your 20 hit ups and 20 tackles and all that kind of stuff? Because you need to give Papali the ball, and he's going to get all the good ball. Mm. You're just going to be that battering ram. It's you know like the Cia Soliola, Dinama Slew that gets those one or the second or third play, and then Big Papa gets off the back of that, and he has really good shape. He gets block shape. He's got a lead runner. He's got a guy out the back. He can dig in. He can dig in by himself, or he can pass the ball. You know Papali deserves that shape because he's been around the game for a while, and he's a he's a vet, and he's probably the best forward in the game as well. So, you know, it's he's going to be a role player. You know, he's about, I think he's about 30 years old, 31, 32. Yeah. So he's going to be a role player where he's not going to get that, that, the good ball like he did at the Titans. I wish him well. To be I honest. just hope he gets through, I just hope he gets through a season where he gets uninjured. The Roosters, I think, 
the Roosters' run is going to be completely dependent on whether Luke Keary stays fit or not. If they lose Luke Keary and they've got two rookies in the halves, whether it's Lachlan Lamb and Sam Walker or whatever it might be, they've got Kieran they've bought and they've got um, Drew Hutchison who's been in and around that sort of halves for those. But yep. I just think they would have a Ferrari without a driver. Ferrari. 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 They're going to be – it's going to be interesting to watch the Roosters. Everyone's going to be gunning for them. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Steph Curry, I think they've been struggling – this is an NBA reference. They've been struggling a fair bit and they're like – they've been getting flogged by teams. He's like, people have got memories of getting pretty – he didn't say in these words. They get, they've got bad memories of us flogging the hell out of them a couple of years ago. That's what the Roosters were doing to people for the last three or four years. So these teams that are coming up in the game, they're not going to feel sorry for the Roosters if they're struggling. Mm. And they're getting a little bit old and all that kind of stuff. They're going to put the foot down and just absolutely flog them because everybody loves beating the Roosters. And that's what – that's what's going to happen this year. If they're not at the top, if they're sort of floating around 7, 8, 9, 10, teams are going to be running, running real hard. And if the foot's on there, if it's like 24, 10, they're going to be going for like 40 or 50. So they'll be going for the Roosters, but they've got some great players, mate. I just hope to God they look after them. Jake Friend and, um, you know, um, their skipper, Boy Cordner. I just hope they look after these guys. I reckon... The first time that I thought this Roosters, and it has been a dynasty with these players, it has been, mate. and and I looked at when they got pumped by South um, in that last game of the regular season last year, they just didn't look like a Roosters team, and then they went out in straight sets. I just wonder how much of a hangover there's going to be. Trent Robinson's a smart coach, and I'm sure he would make sure that you know the players that needed rests mm. and the players, you know, he, he would be very good with that. But I just, I don't know. I'm nervous about this year being they'll a Rooster be supporter. I think they'll be all right. You know, you got Takayaho and Har- Hargraves and, you know, Friend. You probably put Crichton on that left edge. You've got, you know, like Isaac Liu. Like, you know, you got some freak players there. Still a good side. Tupanua on that right edge. You know, ki- yeah, exactly. A couple, couple of key there, players and then they're trouble. done. The one fan you wouldn't want to be every year is a Parramatta Eels fan because they are rocks or diamonds yeah. with what they throw up every year. So they've had a fairly big turnover of players. They haven't really bought anyone. I mean, they've bought a couple of Titans players in Bryce hip Cartwright grave, yeah, and Hipgrave. Yeah, Cartwright's done his draw as well. I mean, Oldfield's got injured as Obercheck, Papali, Joey Lussick. Yeah, they haven't bought anyone outstanding. I thought no. Bryce Cartwright has been – I think he would have been out, outstanding for them this year. They've lost a shitload of players, a lot of um, – but not real household names and gun players. I think – I'm not sure. I think they'll be they'll, – they'll digress massively this year. Yeah. I just think they're, they're, they're that sort of club. You know, the, the leadership – and the players that they've got there at the moment are talented, but I just think it's that sort of club they can go from a top four and then out of the eight. Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those clubs. So I think it'd be that year. I do I do worry about them this year. I mean I don't worry about them because I don't like Westies, but um, I'm only joking. <laughs> I love the Western suburbs, but yeah, I think the Eels. Um, I think they're in trouble this year, to be honest. So. One team that just keeps turning up year on year on year is the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne yeah. Storm Fuck without man. Cameron Smith for the first time since 1974. Mm. Uh, they've got Remus Smith, who I think is a terrific buy. He'll replace yeah. Vunavalu. He'll play for probably, New Zealand this year. Like for like. Um, Harry Grant has been 
the find of last year, no question. Um, what a freak, eh? He's injured and they stick Brandon Smith in. So that's tough. Terrible backup. Yeah, horrible. So, I don't know. The Storm just keep doing the Storm. Not really worried about the Storm. They're going to be a top four team. You know, George Jennings going to be a good backup. Uh, Remus Smith's going to be on the wing. Harry Grant will be at the nine when he gets back. You know, losing big uh, Suluasi. Yeah, they, they've got another winger there straight away. I'm not sure about his name. Big Tino. He's going to be hard to replace, but he's only a young kid. He's only showing glimpses of what he what he's capable of last year. But you know, he's they'll have some young kid to replace all these kids. Cameron Smith's the main one. Yeah, you can't replace Cameron Smith. You know, as as good as as Harry Grant finished the year last year, it's still not Cameron Smith. So it'll be um it'll be interesting. The game management on that um on Cameron Smith is second to none. Nobody can ever question that, and it'll be very noticeable on the on on. The, st- the storms play this year when they need to get the ball out, the good kick, the you know, like all the, just that pressure play. You know, who's going to do that? Yeah, and I think also we've talked about it before. Just when when you're down and your team's really in trouble, you tend to look to certain players. You know, when you're behind the goalposts or whatever, you you look at players and and not looking at having around and having Cameron Smith there calming you down. That's yeah, going to be a big thing be. for it them. It will be. It will be. All right, so the last team, the minor premiers of last year, was the Penrith Panthers, also from the Western Suburbs. And again, I love everyone from the Western Suburbs. Congratulations. So I do. Uh, So I don't know. They haven't really bought anyone. They don't really need to, do they? They've got so much depth. Some less, some some losses there. Big, I mean, Jack's been gone for a while. James Tarmow, Zane Tedavano. That's some, that's some, Dean Fare. They're, they're the losses that you got to count. Yeah, the experience. There's a lot of games and experience there, and I don't think they've got the cattle there to, to replace James Tarmow or even Dean Faro mm. as a defensive centre. I'm not sure. And even um, who's the winger that went? Mansell. So Mansell. Mansell had a really good year last year. We've got that other kid that I'm not sure who the young – who's the young kid that they just pretty much flicked him for? The winger oh, that played only three or four games, Charlie Staines. Staines. Charlie Staines, yeah, yeah. Flick, the Flick Mansell, you know, veteran of the game. He'd want to be good. He wants to, yeah, he'd want to be good. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. I think they'll they'll regress a bit. They won't be as dominant as last year, winning seventeen games in a row, anything like that. So, no. they'll come back to the field. Not really much to say about that, those guys. Yeah, I think the top the top four sort of sits itself. Yeah. An Elmo doll that wants to kill its owner. A kids TV show where the main character has a giant penis. Poop flavoured ice cream. A meme that destroyed someone's life. These are just a few of the hot button issues we tackle here on That Sucks. A podcast for your ears. I'm Troy Nabobon. And I'm Dan Cribb. And if you don't listen to That Sucks on a Handshake Agency Network, then you suck. Join us each fortnight as we unpack some of the biggest fails across pop culture and beyond, joined by the occasional special guest. Head over to thepodcasts.com.au to check out That Sucks Now. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever good podcasts are sold. So we've been through, not predictions from last year, but before we go into our predictions for this year, and I really don't enjoy doing this, William, but last year... Uh, we put some stuff in the vault at the start of the year in terms of predictions, which we're going to do again this year. They're just going to replay your predictions from last year. Okay. And we're going to have a look at uh, how you went. All right. All right, man. Yeah, I think this year we'll be lucky to to start the year, maybe get a couple of games out, and I wouldn't be surprised, man, if they – 
just halt the whole season. I've been looking overseas and seeing what's happening with, um, you know, NFL and all these other teams. They're just, you know, with soccer and, and, and everything going on over there, all these other major sportsmen. And if they're going to, if they're going to do that to some of the biggest sports in the world, why wouldn't they do it to the NRL, man? You know, so it's going to be, it'll be pretty scary, bro. It's, um, it's going to be one of those years, you know, I'll probably, I'd probably predict that, you know, COVID will probably stop the whole year. I'm not sure how long, maybe a couple of months here and there because there's going to be testing everywhere, but we can't, we can't just go, okay, well, every NRL player is in this bubble and no one's going to be, um, you know, going out and not contacted with people. They're going to have to be real stringent with the rules, man. So I think they might have a couple of months off and then they're probably going to have to come back. And I see some teams over overseas, like, you know, thinking about, you know, coming back with no crowds, you know, nobody. And, um, that's probably going to be the reality with it, man. It's just like sitting back and, and let this COVID thing ride out and hopefully come back at the, I'm not sure, like whenever the government allows us. I mean, Pete Volandi's doing such a super job and what he's doing now, but going to be hard, man. Probably have a bit of a break, come back and, and then finish the year off. So it's going to be crazy, man. But um, anyway, my predictions for the top eight will be, I think the storm's always going to be there. Uh, the storm, roosters, rabbits—they're always—they're uh, always around there. I think uh, maybe the sharks and the knights will push for it. Um, eels will be somewhere. Raiders, and I think the panthers might come out of nowhere. Man, they just got—they've they, been building. When when Gus was back there, about five or six years ago, this this is where he bought the, the kick hours and the Crichtons were coming through the SG ball system. You know the Clearies and, and all these young kids. And now you know the fruits of his labors. You know, is showing now. So. I think I still think the storm with all this COVID stuff going on. I'm looking at head coaches, you know. I'm looking at Craig Bellamy's. I'm looking at, um, you know, your Wayne Bennett's, Ricky Stewart's. You know, they're the guys that are going to get their team home because they're going to be focused and be on that one track mind of winning the premiership. And I just think some of these young coaches and even Trent Robinson, for that fact, he's going to get he's going to get his boys, you know, right down there. So, yeah, I think I still think I think the storm will win. I just think they'll just really bunker down, have that siege mentality and, and get out. Um, Dally M winner, I think I think the Raiders will make a, a, a good push this year. And I just think Jack Whiten's just on another level. You know, he's um, he's been killing it. If he plays 5-8 this year or a bit of centre, I think he can he can dominate the game. Without him, him, him I think Cleary and uh, I think maybe Keary. All the halves in some sides, you know, like maybe Munster, Cam Smith will be up there, maybe Ponga. But I think Jack White, because he's in that team and he's a superstar down there. So if they do end up going all right, he's going to jag the three points all the time. So they're my predictions. Well, that was actually scarily accurate, William. Mm -hmm. Not only did I'm you... I'm actually good. Not only did you predict basically the top eight, you also... You got the grand well, final winner. You. I told you the Storm were going to win. I said the Roosters would win, and I was wrong. Yeah, but you were close. I was close. Well done. Not as close as you. Nowhere near it. So you've got more pressure on you than I do this year because here we go, Mr. 100 percenter. I can only go down for me. Dr. Willie predicted a pandemic <laughs> finishing as well. So, uh, all right, let's start with your top eight. Okay. All right, mine is... The Rabbits to finish number one, Storm, Raiders, Roosters, Knights, Penrith, Titans, and then Bulldogs. All right. Yeah. Well, what's yours? Well, I agree with you for the first year. I'm going Rabbits, Storm, Raiders. Then I'm putting Penrith ahead of the Roosters. Okay. 
And then I am going Titans, Tigers, Knights. Okay. So I think the Tigers will be big improvers. I've I've kind of convinced myself that the Cowboys should have been in that, but it's too late now. So Yeah. And even the Warriors. Yeah. I think the Warriors might. Do you know what? I'll tell you what it is. It's there's but the Warriors I just as I said, I don't think the Warriors will come through. I just think it'll be a different attitude. There's like four or five teams that are genuinely better. Mm. And then there's five or six teams that could easily fit between you know what I, love? I love that. I love that. And I love that we can pick a top six quite easily. Yeah. But the six to 12, very, Could very hard. Very yeah. hard. Could be a lot of people. And like we're, we're putting the um, the Dragons and the Broncos at the bottom. Fuck, who knows? You just yeah. don't know with this comp. It's the beauty of the salary cap. It evens a lot of things out. And um, yeah, it's, it'll be a crazy year, man. It'll be crazy. I just, I just can't. I really can't. Separate from 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 seven to twelve. Like I could, we could have put the Cowboys in there. Yeah. Um. You know the Sharks. You don't know what sort of year. You don't. Know, you don't know what year these other guys are going to have. So when you were selecting, when we're selecting our teams, we're just looking at one to seventeen. If they compete every week at their best, that's the way I select teams. From one to seventeen, if they play out of ten, everyone plays a ten out of ten game. They're the teams are going to be at the end, mm. and that's why I've got you know the Rabbits, the Storm, the Raiders, the Roosters. That's why I think if they if they play to their potential every single game, they'll beat most teams. Yeah, even if the other teams have played to their potential, that's the way I, that's the way I think. But I don't put in the factor that injuries are going to happen. Yeah, and people actually play really shit sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm always trying to look for the best thing. Like they're going to have a ten out of ten season. Everyone plays well on a fair playing field. That's the way I look at it. So grand final, mine is South and Melbourne. I think South are going to be – that's the team to beat. Not, And I'm not just going off uh, you know, the 60 minutes that they put against St. George. St. George were quite poor. But they, they, they look like they've got the whole, you know, the whole thing there. Wayne Bennett is the, is the coach for the last year. It's like the Swan Song thing, win another premiership and go up and just do whatever you want and just tell the Jets to pay you five mil a year. Which they probably would. Yeah. And I'm also going with South. And it goes against everything. But what do you, why do you think South? Is it, like, is it the same sort of reasons? They just have quality players all over the field. I just think the, I look at that South side and I look at the team that's stuck together now. This is the third year under Bennett. And they've been building, building, building. And they showed what they're capable of towards the back end of last year. Four and years being beaten in that preliminary. Yeah. You can't tell me that's not hurting. Yeah. And then I think Cody Walker's been involved and Adam Reynolds has been involved. Adam Reynolds looks amazing. Yeah. Last couple of years, he's been getting pretty hammered in the media and stuff and he's like that. He's playing for contract. Yeah, now. he's playing off. He's off contract. He's, he's he, you know, he's a top 10 halfback in the game, probably top five. Yeah. You know, um, when it's a common denominator, when he is on, they yeah, win. On. They yeah. win. He holds so much energy in that team, you know, um, even as much as Cody Walker. You know, I just think that they've got their whole team there. They've got they've got everything there, regardless of injuries. If they put their best seventeen on, and it's going to be a, a actual an effort for these young kids to actually get into the seventeen. You know, and that's when you know you've got a great team. When you've got about twenty five players, you've got you can pick your one to thirteen, and then your fourteen, fifteen maybe, and then sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You know, they're they're gunning for those two or three spots. And, and if, that's what South are in. If Reynolds does get injured, and he is a bit injury prone, then they've got Benji Marshall. Yeah, but what do you? Yeah, so what you do you? So, so what, what do you do with South now? So just say Benji, he's a vet. He's 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 been around the game for so long. What do you do for the fourteen spot? Because take into account, it's not ten years ago when you can just go four forwards, ask Freddie. Mm. 
Yeah, four forwards. Let's put them on the bench. Mm. Let's let's have a think about everybody's getting hit. The HIA is in effect. The fitness things, the fitness levels, the wingers are getting hit. The halves are getting hit. Everybody's getting hit. And fatigue factor, HIA factors. You're gonna have to put a person like Benji on the bench. Well, because he can play any position. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that. But have a look at every other team as well. Do they have a Benji Marshall? Do they have that sort of player that can play everywhere? Mm. You know, because these coaches actually have to like put some real work in. You can't just pick your traditional middle guys and one guy who can play on the edge and in the middle and then the other guy who can just play hooker. That hooker needs to be able to play hooker, half, five, eight, and anywhere in the background. And the back South, South had the advantage of Damien Cook is one of the very few 80-minute hookers yeah. that are left, especially with this pace. But that understand, so understand what I just said. Big guys will be running at him. Yeah. And don't try and think that big guys run at little guys just to, just so they can get their stats up. Mm. You want to destroy them. Mm. You get that ball and you want to knock these kids out. You don't care. You know, you want to injure these other kids. That's the way that's the way you play. You're a big guy. You're going at that hooker. You wanna you wanna you wanna spot Damien Cook up, you wanna spot any of the good hookers in the game to try and nullify their attack. That's yeah. what happens. Big boys from every other side, they're gonna be running at Damien Cook. So they therefore more danger with HIAs, more danger with all that kind of stuff. Everything, all these little variables they, in the game, man. Would they play Marshall at nine, though? He could easily play nine. You reckon? He could easily, he can easily play nine. Yeah. You know, that's that's the beauty of what he, where he can play. And he's so, you know, he's, he's, he's a veteran of the game, man. I wouldn't want to see them running at him, though, to be honest. But you um, can hide, you can hide that. You can hide him. You can, only a little bit. You know, I don't think, he, you know, but some games he's just going to have to tough it out. Like Benji's... You know, he's not a traditionally great defender, but he can defend. So, Dally M. Um, Who will win I've got, the I've got, I've got Munster. And not because I think he finished the year off great last year. I think because Cameron Smith has gone out of Melbourne. And now, if they... I think they're probably going to win over 15 games. Mm. Well over 15 games. And if they do that, it's, he's a big responsibility. And I think he'll get three points most of the time. Yeah. Instead of like Cameron Smith orchestrates... Big wins all the time. He usually gets. He usually he's usually in the Dallium count all the time. So Cameron Smith gone. You know Harry Grant not not playing the first four or five games. Cameron Munster, if they win four games, he's going to get three points. Yeah, and I think that's that's the factor there. That's why I picked him. And I think maybe you know the guys like Cleary and like, like Cleary last year and like any any person who's a dominant player that's in a in, in a really good team. You know, with without any other superstars, they usually win. Mm. Well, that's actually why I've picked Nathan Cleary. So I picked Cleary this year. You picked uh, Cleary? I have. I Just because I think... He got robbed last year. He did. He sh- and that's not why I've done it this year. I think that in the second game of Origin, I think he... It's because you follow him on TikTok now? I don't even know what TikTok is, honestly. I you just, do TikTok. I don't. I don't. I hate does, social media. Baby, We're going to be better at social media this year. But the reason I've picked him is I saw him run the ball at Origin level, and I think game two. Any any coach that is worth their salt, especially if it's your dad, would go see what you did in Origin. Mm. Now you're playing club football. Run the ball more. You yeah. know, if he takes a line on at club level, he will be so much more dominant. And I think that this could be the year that just he, something okay. switches in him. Uh, all right, State of Origin. Speaking of State of Origin, mm. who will win and what will the – not the score, the result be? Result? Yeah, I think New South Wales will win and probably 2-1. I think they'll, they'll drop the game at Suncorp. Hopefully it's a decider Yeah, in New South Wales and I think we'll get up. I just – yeah, I think um, 
I don't know. Still pissed off about last year. Was I still can't believe they lost last <laughs> I still year. can't believe we were sitting here watching the game. We're like, we're going to get done. Mm. We're going to get done. So, um, be redemption for the Blues this year. Still got the side. Still got the side to win. I'm not sure we, we don't want to make massive, massive changes. You know, uh, hopefully Turbo's back and and some other kids just you know just grow out of the ground and really push for some spots. You know, I think we really um, our our back five really struggled. Our centers, you know, we'll put we play people out of position. You know, we just need to you know play to our strengths and get get the right people in the right position. I think Queensland win, and the reason I think Queensland win is because mm. they will have a better team this year than last year with the injuries Why? for Fida Ponga. Yeah, jeez, I forgot. Um, there's going to be like they beat us basically with a not a second. They're still going to pick AJ Brimson, man. Yeah, he's a he's a gun origin player. Yeah. He got injured and, and everything last year, and I think Pong is really going to have to play. That's why I'm excited about Pong. If he can get out of the blocks really good, even though he's going to have a shit start to the year with his shoulder, if he can come back and just hit some magic, you know, his his goal will be making origin. Yeah, because he's not he's not the he's not the incumbent. No. And AJ Brimson proved to everybody that he can play at this level. Yeah. So they will pick him because Queensland pick and stick. And you've got Valentine Holmes. He'd be bad. And Val year. Holmes, yeah, so, damn. Yeah. Uh, all right. So last year we picked a headline. So what do you think will be a big headline? Last year I picked that uh, Todd Greenberg would lose his job because Valenti's with Ruthless. Thank you. That's You made that up, They man. didn't play that back, did they? You made that up. No one played that back. Go back and listen. That Thank is you. That is – Hundred percent true. No, really, we're talking. Is it on record? Is it on record? Is it on record? It's on record. It's not. Anyway, I'm going to find. My headline is Willie's an asshole. (laughs) That's already a headline. That's already. That's a fact. Sawali plays Origin. It's a big call. It is a big call, and I just think we're very low on outside backs. I think he can fit anywhere in the um, in the back five, both centre positions, wing and fullback. So if anyone goes down, he's going to get the call. I don't, right. think, I don't think you'll be slick for game one, but out of the three, I think you'll be involved somewhere. You big know call, what? maybe not, but hey. No, but that's what we're here for. We're here for big calls like Peter Volandi sacking Todd Greenberg. Nothing, that's nothing, mate. So the only thing that might stuff you on that little prediction is when does he turn 18? Because he's not allowed to – oh, no, he's allowed he's to allowed, play. Mate. He's allowed to they, now. Rid- oh, yeah. yeah. They, didn't they solve that? When was Uncle it? Uncle Nick. Yeah. Okay. That. Uh, so my headline is – and I don't like Imagine this Imagine if he doesn't even play first grade. <laughs> Someone got picked from Reggie's playing reserve. So who got picked for Reggie's playing for Queensland? Remember that? Yeah, I do. I just forget the I name. I forget the name too. Uh, you were playing for Origin when you, when you played for Newtown <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah. That's right. And Nate. <laughs> Blue uh, bags. Um, my headline is that Boyd Cordner will retire from rugby league. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I that's, think I he's mean, going to – I would hate to see it, but I would like to see it. Like if it's his health that's at, at risk, then – you know, but I, you know, ultimately, I think one that, more head knock and that's it. Yeah, I think that the welfare of the player needs to come first. And I, when I say Boyd Cordner retires, I don't mean that he is retired, as in someone retires him. I mean that he makes the decision yeah. himself. You know, and kudos he's got nothing to the Roosters. To so the Roosters, giving him the first twelve weeks off. Yeah, and maybe even should be a whole season. Yeah, you know, considering what he's done for that club and the what the. What he's put his body through for that club, yeah. I think he he can sit there and go, you know what, I'm having a year off. Yeah, I agree, and and I think he deserves that just to get his brain right because, you know, I, I I do some work with Boyd in in the off season. We have a chat and we talk, and my main focus is not 
about his football. It's about his health. How how are you, Boyd? You know the questions like that. How's 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 the you know how's your health? Everything like that. Make sure you take care of your health. You know because all the NRL teams care about is you playing your best football on the field. But you don't think that at that time. Mm. I'm retired. I understand. I've been in his position where all they all, all the clubs care about is like, what the fuck can I get out of Willie Mason or Boyd Cordner, whatever, maximize how good of a player he is, and then at the end of the day, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They really don't. I mean, the healthcare and everything like that, it's just it's nothing. You know, I'm I'm six I'm five years retired now. You know what I mean? The game does they it just forgets about you. They don't really care. I'm fine, mentally, physically, everything. But a lot of a lot of the other guys who have been playing aren't as fortunate. Mm. You know, there's head knocks, and the head knocks have, have not as been as severe as what he's been getting. Yeah. But when you're in that bubble, all they care, you know, you know, like just keep playing, keep playing. I'm glad that the Roosters actually been very proactive with this, with this, um, you know, the 12 weeks, you know. But I always care about his health, and I don't want him, you know, because football is not forever. But when you're in that bubble, you just think it's forever. Oh my God, I need to do this. I let down my teammates. I need to be, I'm a captain of Australia, captain of New South Wales. All these variables and everything. You just think the whole weight of the world's on your shoulders, but it's not. Yeah. You know, but you can't put that, you know, you can't tell him that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, like he's such a great kid and a great leader and everything. Like I just hope, hope to God he just thinks about his health. You know, if he's got kids on the way, he's got a wife and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure what happens in his personal life. Think of that first. Yeah. Because football is just a little minute, little fucking drop in your life. It's true. All right. Health, so is, health is number one. He should have a liver detox diet. Thanks, Elab. Peter Volandis last year, he dominated a lot of uh, the media. Old Pete. What do you think he's going to come up with this year? What will Pete Volandis mm. I'll push ahead, Pete. I'll push ahead. Hey. That's a Melbourne team. Melbourne, that's a, that's a producer. That's a producer. I don't even know what it like, yeah. uh, I think I think he's big thing. I think a team in uh, Sydney is going to relocate. Not sure who, but I just think, you know, we've been talking about it for years. It's St. George, it's Cronulla. Yeah, everyone just lives, you know, within, you know, 10 kilometres from each other. I yeah. just think, I think a team can afford to move. If they're thinking about a Perth expansion, you know, like if you want to really make it a national rugby league, Adelaide, Perth, you know, they're talking like even Papua New Guinea. You know, someone's going to have to move. If the Jets are going to be in Queensland, which is fair because Queensland is pretty much the breeding ground of rugby league and the mecca of rugby league, some Sydney team's going to have to move and go to Perth. I'm not sure what the Melbourne Storm are even going to do. I think Melbourne need to stay because of how successful they are. But like someone, because everyone was talking like, you know, after Cam Smith and all that kind of stuff, Melbourne should go. Even like 10 years ago, Melbourne should go because it's not, they don't get... 100,000 supporters like Collingwood do. It doesn't matter. Mm. Still got to hold it down for, for, for Victoria. That's what the NRL look at. You know, you've got to get um, one of these Sydney teams. You know, St. George, Cronulla. You know, they're very, very close. You know, some team needs to go to Perth if they're thinking about an expansion. I think it's fair. I think that... I haven't really thought about this. What do I think? Do you know what? I think that Pete Volandis will introduce private ownership of clubs. You reckon? Like the NFL. There you go. So what? I think... Like Tinkler? Kind of, yeah. Look, you know what just happened? So the, a private equity mob have put it together. Well, Rusty? Rusty Balls? Crow? Yeah. Well, he doesn't... Does he own it? He does own it. Well, he is owner, yeah. yeah. So there'll well, be Well, he more. does own it, so he's the owner. He's the owner. Yeah. That's, that's what it means. You do the math. So 
in the rugby union world, there's been a private equity mob come together and they want to buy the All Blacks or part of the All Blacks, 25%. And they're talking billions of dollars. Mm. So I think if that works and a private equity get involved in rugby union, I think that there's obviously a huge market for a billion dollar industry for them to yeah. have more private industry involved. So there you go. That's massive. Do you think it's a bit, if you were an investor, would you invest in rugby league? Just say if you had, if you didn't care about any other team. So you've got to think about a billionaire or millionaire who loves rugby league, which is rare. Russell Crowe is, is that dude. Yeah. Isn't he? You know, he like, he loves South Sydney. He's and like, there's you know a bloke what? in the England can, as well. And it's not like you can, you know, it's not like you're buying it like you're not trying to buy the, the Cow- Dallas Cowboys for five and a half billion. Yeah. You're buying a club for five million, aren't you? Yeah. You know, so oh, it, yeah, you know, yeah. A, I mean, it's not that expensive, is it? If you're if, if you're a diehard supporter, I'll, if I was a you know a billionaire or something, I'd buy the whole NRL because mm. I love the sport. Yeah. There's a difference. I'm not buying it for an investment because it's a fucking shit investment. That's probably why you're not a billionaire. <laughs> That's I'm up. I, I'm up there. I reckon. Do you know what though? <laughs> I look at I look at if you, they reckon I'm buying the NRL. Go on. Yeah, is it for sale? One Pete? billion lira. One billion lira. <laughs> Pesos. I think anyone who invests in sport has to love it because you're not going to make money out of yeah. sport. Whether it's well, have a look at LeBron James. He invests in Liverpool. He doesn't love soccer. No, he's a smart businessman. He yeah. knows that over there is massive money. It's different. If it doesn't matter, if you like, you're not going to invest over here. You have to have a passion for the game. Yeah, you have to be brought up around in Sydney or Queensland and stuff and go, bang, I'm buying this because I love the Broncos, I love the Cowboys, I don't give a shit if it's a loss every year, I just want to buy it. Yeah. Like Tinkler, Tinkler was like that. I love Newcastle, I went for Newcastle my whole my whole life, I'm buying it. I've got, mm. I've got, I've got a couple of hundred mil, I'm going to buy it. So it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's a rarity. It is a very, it's a rare thing to have. I think if you get private equity involved in the running of the NRL itself. Yeah. You're talking and, NRL. You're not yeah, just yeah, talking, talking clubs, NRL, Not you? clubs. No, I'm talking NRL. So if you look at, if the NRL becomes a private entity and it's run by private organisations that just want to make money out of it, be interesting to see. And Pete Volandis would be the sort of bloke. That, he would, he would, he would. He'd be into that. Yeah. So there He's you go. into a lot of things. <laughs> I'll push ahead. Uh, all right, William. Well, that I think that's it. I think we have done all of our predictions. We have got all of our uh, headlines. We've got everything yeah. going. So, all right, there we go. This is going to be a big year for us, and we are looking forward to having you join us uh, next week. We're back on the punt, and we're going to give clubs another opportunity to join Bung and Doran Frankston, who oh, won it that, last they year. They won last year. Yep, and Thanks we're going to Nets. Thank you. We're going to get down there uh, as soon as we can. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to get down. We're trying down. to get down there for, for Origin this year, if we can get to Frankston. Yeah, MCG for sure. MCG would be good. Some Sometime this year, definitely, we'll get down right. to Bungendor and, and Frankston and meet all the, we'll meet all the gang there. Um, Heard if Frankston goes off, sorry. If your Maldives get up, maybe you can <laughs> actually buy the NRL. So mm. that'd be good. We just talked about that. So In the other. <laughs> the other exciting news for us is that we've got a YouTube channel. So mm. it's going live this week. You can watch us every week, uh, both on Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we're not Canada's news, so Facebook are going to let we're us. We're definitely not we're news. Not news. Uh, so subscribe to the Take YouTube channel today. I All assume right. you know what that means because I don't. 
The other thing we're going to do on game day, we'll shove our views up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> That's a mouthful. It is. And uh, basically, if you comment, we're going to really try and, and get back to you because we really do appreciate all the support we've had. And last year, we were Just on, on learning I mean, look, at social we're, media. We're in our 40s, guys. You know what I mean? We're not like that. We don't interact with fans and that kind of shit because... Yeah, and even last year with COVID and everything like that, it wasn't. We were just, we just wanted to like get our show up and all that kind of stuff, and that's about it. Obviously, this year we're going to interact with you guys way, way more. So send your questions in. We're going to have a computer here next week. We're going to be, we're going to be going live on Facebook. You can come in, just get on out, get on, get on live, and just write whatever questions you want. We're going to interact with you guys and try and answer you, answer your questions live. And swipe left. Right, whatever you swipe, just swipe wherever you like swiping. But make sure that you get on your favourite podcast app. And the producer has informed me this is very important. Subscribe, rate, and review. Apparently, that's important to us. Yeah, it really is important to us, isn't it, William? I think so. It's important. Very, very important. Very important. It's not us. You? Yeah, just important for us. It's just important to me. Just so rate, review, and subscribe. We're actually now part of a network as well. We're on the podcast.com.au. We're clearly the number one show on that, yeah. but there's some other good stuff as well. What, Not what, as good what, as what does us. It have? It's got music. They got interview with uh, Kings, Kings of Leon, Leon next week. Yeah, Sex is on fire. Your sex is on fire. That was their number one hit. They're then, good, man. Then you took tablets and it went away. <laughs> but uh, no, there is a lot of good shows on there. You should tune in, have a listen to all of those. Make sure you listen to us. Make sure you rate, review. We're really looking forward to uh, interacting with everyone this year. I honestly didn't even know we are doing that. Well, what, interacting or? Just the whole podcast thing. Podcast. I didn't know we that big. Yeah, we're massive now. <laughs> we're nice. massive. And thanks to everyone for listening. Following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL. As Willie makes That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son. The Take with Willie Mason is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network, co-hosted by Ian Byrne, produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker.